0: Lecture Topic 26th Ramadan, Asar أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يَا أَيْجُهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا يَسْحَرْ قَوْمٌ مِّنْ قَوْمٍ خَيْرًا مِّنْهُمْ خَيْرًا مِّنْهُمْ وَلَا لساء in asa ayakun khayran minhum wa la talmizu anfusakum wa la tanabazoo bil alqab bi'sa ismul fusuqu ba'da al iman wa man lam yatub fa ulai ka humud dhalimun subhanallahu ta'ala continue with the discussion Aspect that was being discussed yesterday. Do not find fault with one another. Allah Taala commands this in the words, literally translated, "Don't find fault with yourself." As explained yesterday, that the person who starts off the cycle. So he's going to dig out somebody else's fault. So somebody else is going to now also find his faults, because nobody is free of faults. There's a saying that wafika orubun walin nasi a." You know, wafika You also have faults, and others also have eyes. So just as you are looking into other people's faults, others will look at your faults also. So when a person now starts digging out faults of others, so somebody or the other is going to dig out his faults and expose his problems. So he became the means of his own faults being exposed. So this is the context in which Allah Ta'ala says "Wala أَنفُسَكُمْ Don't find fault with yourselves. Finding out people's faults, trying to dig out their faults This is a very major problem It creates a lot of, besides being a very major sin Because this is clearly prohibited in the Quran Sharif That to go and dig out people's faults One is something has come to a person's attention Stay in front of him So now what he can do to try and correct it, he must do it If it is somebody under his authority He must obviously, he must sort what the problem can be And if it is somebody that is not under his authority but he can speak to the person or in some other way he can try to rectify it, he should do his best to do so. That is also his responsibility. But something that is not apparent to now go and try and dig out something is there something to, I mean, behind the scenes. So this too has been forbidden. La tajassasu wa la tahassasu. The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi says, Don't go and spy on one another and try to dig out people's secrets. What is this person up to? So, this is what is referred to here. When a person focuses on his own faults, he is searching for his own faults, then he is furthest away from finding and trying to search out faults of others. Actually, sometimes glaring things of others also he might not see it, because he's so occupied with looking at his own faults. There was one king in India. Was a pious person among the kings that passed among the Muslim kings. He was the last Bahadur Shah Zafar. So, Mr. Shafiqul Islamul has quoted one couplet of his, which is very very apt for this particular explanation of this and something to always take to heart so he says in Urdu when a person wasn't aware of his own faults he was in the deception that I am somebody already, I'm fine, I'm okay as sometimes we even uh, might bring it on our tongue, I have some small small issues here and there. Otherwise I'm fine. I have some small issues. So basically that's that's the worst in us, one, two small issues. Whereas Allah knows best what not is lurking in us. So any case he says Nati ki jab apni khabar logo ki nati hal ki jab apni khabar dekhte rahe logo ke ebo so now because we thought we are fine we had no idea about what our faults are so we started looking at the faults of others so now the person is seeing this person has got this fault that person has got that fault and all the time he is fully focused on the faults of people but then pari apni par nazar jaha mein koi but then suddenly some situation came and a person realized his faults when he started realizing his faults it seemed to him that there was no other, there was no bad person in the world because he found that all the evils are in him all the problems are with him so everybody else looks fine so the issue is to be focusing on ourselves to be looking out for our faults to be scrutinizing ourselves checking over and over again and when we will focus on our own faults then we won't have time to be digging out faults of others yes, if something comes to our attention, something is in front of us and it is within our capacity to correct it, to rectify it, to advise the person that is something that's our responsibility that's part of helping one another we must have the heart to give Now it depends on the situation, what way, how all these things are to be taken into consideration what is possible, how much a person can handle, but he should try and also have the heart to take the nasihat <coughs> this is extremely important that we should never ever reject the nasihat we discussed this one of the days in the afternoon, if somebody has corrected us or said something that is part of advice, they don't Get into the detail of does this apply to me or not? Everything applies to us in some way or the other. If it's not applicable in the sense that we are not doing something wrong, then it's still applicable to us that it is good advice. What harm it did to us? But the benefit of this would be that when we took that advice in a positive way, the person says something, Jazakallah, I appreciate your advice. The next time there will be something he might come again with advice. And that might be something that really will help us. This time it might not have been something that really pertained to us in terms of that we were doing something wrong, perhaps. He may have misunderstood something. But the advice he gave was fine, the advice was correct. But the next time round, he, because we took it positively, we took it in a good manner the next time something might be really not at something we are aware of, we are not realizing it and something that can cause us tremendous harm and he'll bring it to our attention and we would be really so much more better off after that advice but had we rejected the advice the first time or taken it in a negative manner made some comment to him, he's not going to come the second time and we would have deprived ourselves of that benefit. So always to take that advice. And then the second thing is that rejecting the advice, rejecting what is truth is pride. Now, if that was not really applicable in the sense that we were doing nothing wrong, but we accepted it correctly, we accepted it positively, though it was not something wrong we were doing, but by accepting this positively will crush that pride also. So that response that sometimes comes out of our mouths that you worry about yourself first or you are not my father or whatever other responses come out in this manner all those responses actually stem out of the same thing Batarul Haq Rejecting the truth So now if he's not our father, does that mean he shouldn't advise us? He's advising us, he's a fellow Muslim So what's the problem in taking his advice? If he's saying something wrong, we'll have to correct him then that what you said is wrong. Or if he's accusing a person of something that he didn't do, then you clarify it. You are misinformed. There were many pious people when people sometimes abused them for things that were not even applicable to them, said things to them which were unfounded and that too in a rude and abrupt manner the response was, and this is not one, there were many many incidents like this the response was Jazakallah what you know about me that is this much only but Alhamdulillah what Allah Ta'ala has concealed of mine is even worse and more I make shukr that everything didn't get exposed to you oh this much I said, you have seen one fault of mine I have many others as well. So Allah rectify this also what you advised me about and rectify all my other faults also. That was the response. And there are some incidents in mind which are not appropriate to just discuss in public of people who were abused in a very very terrible way, senior people by somebody out of ignorance, out of Whatever some misunderstanding that he had in his own mind and the responses, Subhanallah, that was really the way that Rasulullah thought and how he, the example, the noble example he said, Silman qata'ak wa afu amman zalamak wa ahsin ila man asa'a ilayk. And this is not only to related to some pious people of the distant past we're talking about in our time and age those incidents are in mind but not everything is something that can be expressed in the manner that whatever happened but the point is the lesson the lesson that mashallah, the example that was set was fulfilling the same direction that is in the Hadith Sharif so this is the message here Anfusakum. Don't Find fault with one another. One is to try and go and dig, dig out the secrets of people. In fact, in one hadith Sharif, Rasulullah is reported to have said that person is authority who keeps going to try and dig out the faults of his subjects. So now, authority, the Amir, the Amir al Mu'mineen, so all his subjects and then lower down whichever level somebody has authority authority of others so now one is, there is some real issue that something is going wrong there is a problem now, he has to investigate now where is this, where is the underlying problem here something is going haywire, some money is missing every day, the tills are not telling whatever the case is, this is an example, so now he has investigated that now this is what should have been the takings and now it's only half of it, where's the other half gone to now in trying to trace where the root of the problem is it turned out that somebody was now helping himself. Like the example we took, person said well his salary was not market related. So now he was filling in the balance from himself. That this was, he was entitled to it, he was being paid five thousand and short every month. He agreed to the wage but now in his mind it was that this was not market related. So he decided that he's entitled to now make it market related. So on his own accord he did it. So now the person was now investigating, now where is is the shortfall? So it turned out that this person now was just supplementing his income and making it market related. So it came out now, that was something that was his, he was concealing it, but it came out, but it came out in trying to to rectify a problem, in trying to sort out something. But apparently there isn't an issue. There isn't an issue But now a person has this tabiat of setting traps unnecessarily to try and check out if somebody is going, getting up to something, and he's unnecessarily going about dealing with people in a way that he's making everybody a suspect. So the Hadith Shariah Nabi Wasallam says, when a person will start finding doubt with his subjects, when an Amir will start finding doubts with his subjects, then afsaduhum he will corrupt them because in time it will become obvious that this person now is now he is treating everyone as a suspect. So somebody is going to start doing what he's suspecting. That now just to spite him, or whatever else, or oh, they're going to react in some other way. So now this is going to create a problem. So one is that there is some issue that needs to be checked out, needs to be sorted out. There's something not in place, or oh, there's some strong indications of something out of place so now to avoid a problem he'll check out what's going on but this spying and harboring suspicion baseless this is a very very serious matter this has been clearly prohibited and going to now search for people's faults as mentioned the hadith yesterday when a person tries to now find the faults of people then Allah Ta'ala will expose his faults even if he is sitting in the midst of his home meaning he is in a secure place out of where people can now so to say follow him and do what uh, try to dig out his faults allah will expose him so the person who does this is heading him, putting himself into a very very dangerous position then the other aspect in this regard wala talbizu anfusakum one is going to spy on people but the other is in just day to day things day to day things finding fault with everything that somebody did so every now and again somebody did something but now we find your fault of how they went about it somebody fulfilled some task so now it has done well, it was done fine but now everybody becomes a perfectionist when they have to receive something from somebody else, some work some task has to be done. So at that time we become perfectionists. And now this person has to have every you know, they say dot the eyes and cross the T's properly, it was that you know, the length of that line must be correct too. Now we become so petty about things. So now this is obviously also not the correct thing to do, it's wrong. Rasulullah it is mentioned regarding him, wala ayyabin, He was not one to find fault somebody did something, there were some up and down little, but one used to do something which con- goes against the laws of deen, cuts against the l- lines of shariat, that's obviously Nabi Sasa would immediately correct that and set it right but in mundane things, mundane things something was not really done the way he expected for us or to the standard that would have been expected or should have been done, he just overlooked it, overlooked it and let it happen and didn't make an issue of it, didn't make a fuss of small, small things. When a person starts fussing over small things, making an issue over small things, it just disrupts the whole peace of the environment, of the home, of the workplace, of wherever it might be, it just creates a negativity between people and then even the good times, even the good moments are overshadowed by this negativity because there's so much of negativity all the time every small thing there's one nukta about it so now even in the good times too, you don't know when that nukta will pop out from somewhere so that negativity overshadows even the happy moments so you don't know when something will now be so that, that and that way, that approach is not in keeping with the approach of Rasulullah his approach was very easy going he was very very easy going and very easily overlooking not finding fault, not becoming petty but وَلَكِنْ يَعْفُ وَيَصْفَخُ He would forgive, overlook and let things pass and that is what maintains that harmony yes there are things that need to be addressed, things that need to be sorted out but those re- that really need to be dealt with in that manner are not an everyday issue that happens once in a while but these general things that become issues are often things that need to be just overlooked and bypassed. Sometimes a person says, but, now complaining about his wife, but she just won't get that, or you know, do that, what I give her, that instruction to do this. So by you giving the instruction to do it and she's not doing it right, you do it. Since when she has become your servant. If she can't get it right, you do it. And change the roles for a while and see how well you do it also. Then you will also understand with all the pressures sometimes, this, Two, three children, small children now and then there's one dozen and one other things now in the midst of that some things didn't get done the way it should be done so now you do it then so and this is don't worry about doing it for any other reason do it with the Niyat of ittiba Sunnat the beast asked to do these household things as well it is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif you would even sweep have you slept any time with the Niyat of ittiba Sunnat If there was something to patch, his garment needed to be mended, he didn't ask anybody to do it. He sat down and took the needle and thread himself and did it. And who are we talking about? Talking about that personality who Allah Ta'ala blessed him with the highest maqam. And he didn't find it below his dignity. To be part of Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa was asked about how was Rasulullah وسلم in the home. Since he was one, one of the people of the home, when he came home, he didn't come home and conduct himself as if he had some authority over everyone. Whereas his maqam, there was no, no way of any, can't put any comparison or any description to it. What height Allah blessed him with, nobody can come. A fraction of a fraction of the dust of his Mubarak feet but despite that he didn't have any airs about himself in the home he didn't make any demands he didn't give any instructions to the extent that menial things now in that time a very very menial thing was that if the animal needed to be milked so this if a person had a servant he would generally never do it himself, he'll tell the servant to do it. If there was a slave, a servant, this was one of the very menial tasks of that time. So if the person didn't have to do it himself, he would always tell somebody else, that servant to do it, that slave to do it. If Nabi Slauson needed that milk, he went to the animal himself, and he milked it himself without asking anybody to do it. Now, when this is the approach, then why wouldn't there be peace? Why wouldn't there be happiness? Not the approach of instruction, yes, the approach of where there is mutual cooperation, understanding, but it starts off by us taking the lead. So always we want to be the leaders, but then when it comes to setting the, tone and the trend in these things, say but why should, she didn't do it first? So now are you not the leader, you want to be the leader everywhere, so be the leader in the showing of the good akhlaq as well, be the leader in showing how the right conduct should be upheld, so be the leader in that as well. So when this becomes the way, then sometimes people say that, well, it needs two hands to clap and then they add one more line to it, the footnote: one hand, all it can do is slap. One hand can't clap, it takes two hands to clap. So now, in other words, so if I'm not going to get the other hand to clap, then this one hand some way, some day, Allah is going to slap. That is not the akhlaq that Nabi Sassan taught us. The one hand also can clap, but not the one hand that we are aware of. The one hand of akhlaq. The one hand of akhlaq will sooner or later force the other hand to clap as well the odd occasions happen here and there which sometimes go beyond the normality but the general situation if a person adopts it that I need to do what I have to do, what I am supposed to be doing. Other party is not doing it well we'll have to now work on that but I will not shirk in what I am supposed to do. So when that will be the approach then inshallah sooner or later you'll find all directions the same approach being adopted because the practical example will be the teacher. Unfortunately our approach is generally listen to what I say, don't see what I do. So, With our children also sometimes you listen to what I say, you don't worry about what I do. But they will see what we do and they will forget what we say. They will see what we do and that's what they will emulate. And what we said, if what we said is not conforming to what we do, that will get forgotten. And if not just forgotten, it will even create negativity that I am being told something, but I am seeing something else happening. So this is a very big contradiction here, so the respect will get lost. But that positive example that is set practically, that, that will have an impact on the heart and that will inshallah be emulated so that is the approach that we need to adopt In any case the ayah that we were discussing was Allah Ta'ala says "Wala anfusakum, bilalqab." bilalqab. this refers to calling people by bad titles, bad nicknames one of the meanings also is the Mufassirin explained as discussed yesterday briefly that a person got Involved in some wrong But then Allah Ta'ala fazal Alhamdulillah He made Tawbah from it He made Tawbah He sincerely repented Then Inshallah this is all accepted Then it is even deleted from his book of deeds It is completely deleted from his book of deeds Now somebody taunting him with that sin of the past This is Tanabuz Bil alqab, and a major sin this itself is now a major sin A person should never taunt a person on the past People have past, we also have a past Allah forbid what will come out And as mentioned the Hadith Sharif The person taunts somebody on a sin that he has repented from Allah will get him involved in that same wrong and expose him as well Allah Ta'ala protect us So these are things to be very cautious about We are sometimes very very careless about these things, it's taken for granted, there's no big deal about it. There's titles and nicknames, if it is something that has just become more commonly, uh, somebody became more commonly known by some name and he doesn't mind it, it has become more as a kind of identification rather than anything else and especially it has got nothing to do with trying to sort of uh, run the person down or mock him in some way or make him feel low. That's not the case in, but he has become commonly known by something, then it's fine if he doesn't have any problem with it. He doesn't find any take any offence to it. But the best is to be cautious about these things as well and call people by titles of respect, by names that they like to be called with and not in a way that a person feels offended or a person feels hurt about. Allah give us